Hey Bears fans, welcome once again to another episode of Bears Cat. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And we're two Jamokes going Sasquatch on the haters. So, so you, you don't, don't have, have to. to. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to uh, talk about, uh, we're going to pick up from last episode, talk about the defensive side of the ball. Uh, and we have OTAs going on. Uh, and then uh, we're going to touch on a couple other things later on in the show. But first, uh, Jim, give him the stuff. Yeah, so follow us on Twitter at Bears underscore scat. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. So always appreciate you listening and downloading and telling your friends about Bears scat. So keep that going and interact with us on Twitter. We always enjoy that as well. So we're going to jump right into it. Um, and we're going to start with a defensive line. Uh, especially because it's especially pertinent right now because of the talk about uh, Robert Quinn, which we'll get into in a minute. Um, defensive lineman, 15. Uh, key returners, Robert Quinn, Travis Gibson, Angelo Blackson, Mario Edwards Jr., Kairos Tonga, and Jeremiah Adaochu. Uh, notable additions, Justin Jones, Al Quadden Muhammad, and Dominique Robinson, one of my favorite picks. Also on the roster, Carson Taylor, Azuya, Alofoya. <laughs> haven't, he- haven't heard of him. I have not heard of him. Uh, Micah Du Treadway, LaCale London, Charles Snowden, and Sam Kamara. Major departures, Khalil Mack, number 52, will miss you. Uh, Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, and Bilal Nichols, all names that we're very familiar with. So, go. Yeah, and I think the logical place to start there is Robert Quinn. Quinn! And that's because over the last week, we had a report from Jason Lockenfora, who, I'll just say, does not have the best reputation (laughs) when it comes to the Bears. I know if you... He was kind of getting smoked on the web. Well, and if you follow Greg Gabriel, any any (laughs) time Lock and Fora tweets something out about the Bears, Gabriel will go back at him and just say that there's not any national reporter that's more consistently wrong about the Bears, so... (laughs) He basically says, shut the hell up. He does, and so just wanted to preface this discussion with that fact that Lock and Four has gotten a lot of things wrong over the years, but he came out with a report on CBS that said Robert Quinn wants to be traded, the Bears want to trade Robert Quinn, and are actively looking to do so. And then he also threw in that potentially Quinn could get the Bears the same type of return as Von Miller, which was a second and third round pick. <laughs> so something in there doesn't make sense, because if, if he could have gotten that type of return, then they should have traded him already. But I got to pipe in, really nothing in there makes sense. Well, I think the first two things do, right? I think that it makes sense for Robert Quinn not to want to be here, because he's older and he might only have one or two years left, and he doesn't want to spend one of them on a He'd losing He'd probably game. like to play for a contender. And I think it makes sense that the Bears want to trade him because I think they look at it the same way. They see uh, aging pass rusher that might have a couple years left, but the Bears aren't going to be very good next year. So maybe you want to get a draft pick and draft somebody that can contribute for the next four or five years. If you can get a draft pick. And that's where it something didn't seem right to me in that story because if the Bears want to trade him, I think that makes perfect sense, but... If you could get a second or a third round pick, why haven't you done that already? So, yeah. to me, I think the most likely answer is that Quinn wants out. I'm sure the Bears want to trade him, but the market's probably not what the Bears want at the moment. So, they held him through the draft, which to me was surprising. I thought that he would get traded leading up to the draft, but he's still on the team and he hasn't come to any of the offseason workouts. So,. We'll see how it plays out, but what do you think is the most likely scenario here? Well, you know, we got to um, just rewind a little bit. And when he became available from Dallas, Dallas made no real effort to sign him. No. Um, the, then Pace comes out and offers a deal that's way out of scale than anybody else. And, uh, classic Ryan Pace move classic, there. Exactly. And, and you know, it, it's not like they went to him and were like, you know, hey, we'll give you the veteran minimum. They were like, how about $30 million guaranteed? <laughs> who, 
we realize you're over 30, but I mean... <laughs> and t- that first year, he was just dead on arrival. Yeah, he, he had two sacks, I think, didn't he? <laughs> Something like that. And There's been a lot of talk about why that was, whether he was injured or whether he was having issues off the field in terms of his mental health. I know that he's suggested that a little bit in the past, so... Whatever the reason was, he wasn't very good that first year, and then last year he was obviously great, set the single-season sack record. Right. So, we'll see which of those two... Is there somewhere in between? Maybe, and (laughs) the other thing is, I think the big portions of his guaranteed money were those first two years. Yeah. So the contract isn't as bad going forward, but it still doesn't make sense for him to play for the Bears this year. No, it doesn't, and um, like you said... The money is more reasonable for this year and for next year. Um, but at the same time, I don't think they should just dump him for nothing. We we have had that uh, atmosphere of we pay out a lot for incoming and we get nothing for outgoing for too long. And I, I, I think that part of what we are seeing from polls is a reversal of that, that we're not going to play that game anymore. And uh, now it really sucked with Foles because everybody knew that eventually we were going to dump him. I mean, right. we were going to go to the season with him. And so what did they do? The smart thing, the thing that we should have done. And they just waited until we caught him. And then and then Indy immediately, well, not immediately, but pretty much immediately snatched him up, right? And and. It's a different situation because Nick Foles is useless to the Bears. That's right. Maybe he's got some value to other teams that run an offense that's more suited to his style of play. And he's familiar with the coaching staff in Indianapolis. So maybe they got themselves a good backup quarterback. Good for them. But I, I I bet that we were not able to even get an offer of a seventh round pick for Foles yeah no I don't because think so. because the thing is is I think that Poles would have been like hey you know it's something uh everybody was just like yeah whatever do whatever you want with the guy so you know uh that you know w- w- we need to get rid of that mentality Quinn does have some value but I have to believe that Poles has thoroughly explored that Especially, like you were saying, before the draft, when he was doing whatever he could to get ready with the picks that he had. And obviously, it was pretty well known that he was formulating in his head how he was going to manufacture more, which he did, right? So, if there was something, probably just about anything available uh, during, you know, uh, during pre-draft, he probably would have snatched it. But I have a feeling most teams are approaching it just the same, that... Eventually, the Bears will cut him. And if that is the case, then I don't think they do. I, they shouldn't just cut him for nothing. Well, it's, it's interesting. I, I, ha- I think what's probably happening is that right now, I bet the Bears could get a fifth-round pick for Robert Quinn. And I am assuming that Ryan Poles thinks he's more valuable than that. And so... My guess is that he's going to wait until training camp or the season starts and somebody gets hurt on another team, and then maybe somebody's desperate and they trade the Bears a third-round pick or a second-round pick. And that, and that makes sense. It, it does, but the risk you run in that scenario is that Robert Quinn could also get hurt, <laughs> right? Or Robert Quinn could show up. It's not like he has a bad history of, of injury. Well, and he's, 30, not. he's 33 and... Older players get injured in the NFL, or he could show up and not be interested in being here and be bad. <laughs> and then maybe you say, all right, in that case, if he gets hurt, or if he just isn't good next year and we don't get anything, then, oh, well, we just lost a fifth-round pick, and we're willing to take the risk. So, Well, and, and I certainly hope it's not the middle one, because um, if if he is the one... The, I, now, I don't know whether... I have not read whether it's actually Robert Quinn that is saying this. I have not read that. I have read that it's rumored, but I don't. I don't know one way or the other. And all I'm saying is, is that if he, if he is with the team, he needs to he needs to do right 
because he's I'm pretty sure he's making 13 million this year. So it's not like he's getting chump change and they've already paid him a huge chunk of money. So do your job. And he seems like a high character guy. Yeah. He didn't quit last year when he had every reason to do so. Yeah. When the coaching staff was all going to get fired and Khalil Mack was out and Allen Robinson quit and the team was terrible. He still played hard every game and until he does otherwise I, don't have any reason to believe that he won't show up on the first day that he's required to be there and be a professional about it. But it's still a risk because in any job, if you know that you're not long for it, your performance might suffer a little bit. So it's the risk you run. And right now, if you can't get the trade value that you want for Quinn, maybe it makes sense to keep him on the roster and see if, like I said, somebody gets desperate leading into the season and maybe trades you a higher pick than you could get right now. So I I still think that's the most likely scenario. I think that certainly the bears aren't going to be any good next year. And I think the front office is smart enough to know that. And it doesn't make sense to have a player like Robert Quinn on a team that's rebuilding. Well, I I agree with all of what you've just said, but um, it also comes down to, you know, being smart about it. Um, if they do have to go into the season with him, you know, just like I said, do your job. You're a professional, show up, be a part of the team, do your job. Because I, the last thing I want to hear about is that, oh, that mandatories come and he doesn't show up. That, that to me is pure BS. That is unprofessional. He has no reason to treat the team that way. The, t- the team has done nothing but treat him well. I mean, because for as, like you said, for as exemplary as he was last year, he was the exact opposite the, the year before that. He was absolutely awful. And for whatever reason, uh, you know, we don't probably know the whole story there, but when you look the at the stats, man, he, wasn't he was awful. Yeah, he wasn't productive at all. <laughs> so, it, it, it we all I want to all I want him to do is do what he is supposed to do. And polls, you're right. I, I would if it looks if you look at it logically, the 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 path that makes the most sense is watching for a team that is probably a borderline contender that wants to bring in somebody that uh, that it, it still has some still has some juice and you know help them make a run. I mean. Uh, I, I was looking at uh, a meme the other day that was, you know, f- uh, showing all these different um, DN tandems that, uh, you know, that th- that the offseason bore. Um, you know, Mac Mac is is one of them, but th- there's some really good ones. Yeah, and, but they were all on playoff teams, right? So, and somebody will get hurt on another team and there will be a demand for pass rushers so maybe Quinn will get traded even in training camp or in the preseason or early on in the season they don't have to wait until the trade deadline but you run the risk of him getting hurt and the other thing is you read off some names of some younger pass rushers that are going to need reps on this team right you you want to look at players like Travis Gibson and Dominique Robinson and uh, Muhammad and make sure that they're getting an opportunity to develop. Not so much Muhammad; he's a veteran, but the younger guys you want to see him play, especially if the team's not going to be very good. Sure. So, sure. And, and Muhammad, Muhammad too. He's he's a young veteran. Yeah, he's been in the league four years. I think. Yeah, right? maybe maybe six. But okay. Anyway, he he's not at the point where Quinn is. Yeah, Quinn is on the downside of his career. I'm sure he would like to play for a team that can get in position to win him a ring. Um, but, you know, it may it might come down to the fact that just nobody is offering anything. And I do think it would be wasteful to just dump him on the street. It, it just, I, I, I hope that doesn't happen. And, you know, whatever polls... Uh, number is or what his requirement is that's what we should go with yeah do you think that Quinn will play a snap for the Bears this year uh you know I I I don't see it happening yeah I don't either I I think he is gone by week one um or 
if maybe not week one, maybe week two. Two or three. Because, yeah. you know, week one, we always see loss, right? You know, of players uh, across the league. So that would, that definitely could be a time to move them. But, yeah, and, and I don't think Robert Quinn will play in the preseason at all. So as long as he gets through training camp without getting injured, yeah, I think his value can only go up because there's going to be injuries around the league. Right. So assuming he's not on the team, how do you feel about the rest of the D-line? So, you know, the... Um... I, I feel I feel pretty hopeful actually. Um, I think we have some really nice pieces. I think we added some really nice pieces. Um, you know, uh, it, certainly uh, Travis Gibson has all the buzz around him right now. Uh, he has the good physique. Uh, he made a jump last year, uh, and he's shown that he's got a great first step. Um, we need. Youth, huge influx of youth, and it would be perfect if uh, he can take that up another level. Um, I do like the dynamic uh, of perhaps uh, Muhammad and 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 Gibson playing opposite each other, um, and then on the inside, it will be interesting to see how Blackson and Edwards uh, and Tonga all all function in. Uh, in this new in this new defense, because um, you know th- they have some talent. Uh, we definitely need an upgrade there, and I think that I'm, I'd love to see Jones come in and kind of take command of that inner unit. That would be nice. I think that Justin Jones is critical because he's the three technique, and that's arguably the most important position on this defense. Yes. And, we know what happened with Larry Ogunjobi, and when he didn't pan out the next day, I think, they signed Justin Jones as yep. the second choice, and I've heard some nice things about him from Chargers fans, and it's his job to take, and if he's really good, then the Bears are going to pay him a whole lot of money, I bet, because yes. it's such an important position on the defense, and... Really nothing works in this defense if you don't have that three-technique position dialed down. I mean, think about what happened during the Lovey years when Tommy Harris wasn't playing. Right. Think about the Super Bowl when Tommy Harris wasn't playing. Yep. Everything on the defense starts there, so you hope that Jones lives up to that and that he makes a name for himself and that he is a piece moving forward here because I've heard some nice things about him. You mentioned Mario Edwards and... He was always a player that had some flashes, and he made some plays, but the thing that really you (laughs) think about with him is a lot of dumb penalties. A lot of dumb penalties. And that's not going to fly. Really dumb penalties. And that's not going to fly. Matt Eberflus has said that you're not going to be out there playing if you get a 15-yard penalty for punching a guy in the face. Yeah. So it'll be interesting with him to see if he can avoid that part of his game because I've seen some things from him that make me think he can be a nice player if he keeps his emotions in check. Angelo Blackson, that's a veteran that is a rotational piece on the line. Right. I don't think that's anything special, but you need depth. And I agree with what you said about Gibson. He showed a lot of flashes when he was on that second string as a pass rusher over the last couple of years. So if he does get more regular reps, the question is, can he sustain that? So we'll find out. And like we've talked about before with Muhammad, I like that signing too. That's an Eberflus guy that is just a solid player on the line. So another player I'm I'm really interested to see in his second year is Tonga, though. Yeah. Um, I mean, Tonga was uh, was he a seventh? Yes. So you know the fact that. He um, made the team right off the get-go. You know, he wasn't a long-time practice squad guy that made good. Um, he was, uh, you know, he was in the game from week one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I have an affection for Samoan players. <laughs> I do. Those guys work their asses off. Yeah. And so... Um, the fact that we have this huge Samoan up there, I, I really love that. He's very young, uh, so he can develop more. And I, it would be great if we would have um, 
if we could have right there in the middle Jones and Tonga as a pair. That would be something if a seventh round pick can turn into a reliable player on the defense. That is always a nice find. And like you said, a lot of seventh round picks don't even make their team or, right. or they go to the practice squad. So the fact that he was out there from week one and played some meaningful snaps in some games, maybe with this defensive coaching staff, you can find something there. So, well, I would think that they would be, that would be one of the players that they're really looking to develop. I would hope so. Yeah. And so we'll see. It, it'll be interesting who lines up at that second defensive tackle spot. It might be him, it might be Edwards, it might be Blackson, it might be a combination of the three. We're going to have to let the coaches evaluate who they like the best out of that group. And the interior of the line is concerning to me, just in general, just because none of the players that we've listed off are proven. And as we saw last year, when the interior of your line is not solid, teams can run on you all game. And that's what happened with the Bears last year, in addition to the secondary being awful. So... If that part isn't up to the level that Matt Eberflus expects, then it might be a long year for the defense. So, Well, you, on the outside, you have a lot of youth. Um, uh, and then on the inside, uh, you know, we basically, some of those guys are fill-in guys, right? Oh, absolutely. So... Uh, defensive tackle could be a position that they're looking to add in another guy or two um, as cuts start to happen with teams as we move closer to the season. Um, I also think it could be one of the prime positions uh, for the off season for next off season. Yep. Um, if you know if Jones if Jones stays the same player as he did last year. He's still a good acquisition because his numbers um, with the Chargers are solid. But if he wants to be the guy that they need him to be at that three technique, he definitely has to take it up another level. And the problem with this is, especially when you're talking about the defensive line, when you're looking at the projected starters and you're kind of like, eh, yeah. <laughs> you know there's going you know to be injuries. So yeah. the fact that we're already looking at the starting four with a little bit of trepidation, with a little bit of injury bad luck, that can fall off pretty quick even. So you hope not. You hope that these guys stay healthy and that a couple of them take this opportunity and really run with it. But remains to be seen. And that's a theme on this defense and on the team in general there's just a lot of fill-in players as you say or guys that are on one-year contracts that are looking for their shot and that's just part of being in a rebuild unfortunately one thing one other thing i'll plug here is ato ochu um my our buddy chris down in arizona actually loved that pickup because he came from the Cardinals, right? Yeah, yeah, and he he thought that that was like one of the best sneaky Pete moves that we've made in a while. And this was he was on the team last year, right? Yeah, he he was hurt he almost hurt. the whole year. Yeah, um, so he he played hardly at all. Right. Um, so we could see uh, a a piece there that um, was supposed to be a factor last year, and it didn't really get a shot. So. Um, you know, that that could be a big plus. Real quickly, though, what do you think about the guys that said adios muchachos? Mac, Hicks, Goldman, Nichols. They left off Cassius Marsh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Goldman has not signed anywhere, right? I don't think so. Hicks has not signed anywhere. Nope. Uh, Nichols got a nice deal from... Oh, or sorry, Las Vegas. Las Vegas, yeah. And that was always a player that I really liked, but I am assuming that the Bears... I liked him too. I'm assuming the Bears viewed him as, well, A, a, a 3-4 player, and B, a nice player that probably got a little bit overpaid and they just didn't feel it was worth it to match that deal. Um, so you've got... And was, was it those three, or was there a fourth one in there? Yeah, and just I was saying, and then, of course, Mac. Yeah, Mac, right? right. So we, we went through Khalil Mack. Same boat as Robert Quinn. It made perfect sense to trade him. Nichols, I think, probably just not the type of player that a rebuilding team wants to give a big contract to. And 
The other two, you're looking at players that haven't signed, may not sign. If one of them does, I think it'll be Akeem Hicks, and we'll see what kind of deal he gets. Goldman, I haven't even heard any interest there. I haven't seen him mentioned in any sort of free agent tracker. I'd be surprised if he comes back to the NFL. He he just might be done. So I I always loved Akeem Hicks. He was one of my favorite Bears. I would... He's in the he's in the Bears Hall of Fame. And when you think about over the last ten years, has there been a player that has consistently just shown up and produced and played his ass off and raised the team? Yep. And when you think about this era of Bears football, well, it hasn't been very good, but because of that, Akeem Hicks is one of the players that you're going to think of. So it was uh, it was arguably uh, the best uh, free agent acquisition in the Pace era. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, just the the fans will always love Hicks simply because of the way he raised the roof. He he made his attitude known. He was such a uh, a fiery competitor, and it, it was it was a pleasure to watch him. I, I mean, yeah. he'll always be a, a favorite bear. Um, they have there has been, of course, a lot of talk about uh, you know could he end up coming back to Chicago? The way I read it is there's very very little chance of that yeah i i don't think so for one he just hasn't been available the last couple of years and number two i think he basically said at the end of last year that he was done in chicago so once a player gets there mentally that they're moving on it's tough to reverse that even with a regime change and we don't know what other opportunities he has and maybe he's looking at his options and saying, I'm really only getting offers at the low end of the veteran minimum. Maybe he doesn't want to play for that. So right. if he does come back, I would be thrilled, but I don't see it happening. And we'll see if he plays anywhere. Well, and he's he's really not a fit for Chicago anymore. Uh, what I think, if I was his agent, I would be advising him, just keep doing your stuff, keep working out, keep you know working with your position guy uh, and wait. Bide your time until we go through training camp and we see what kind of injuries come out and then look for a contender. Uh, because he would be a great rotational piece for a contender. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, he's probably he's going to be one of those guys that you bring in, he's not going to be a three-down player anymore. But when you do bring him in, especially on third down, that'd be a heck of a beast to have on third down. Yeah, I mean, even in that Vikings game last year, towards the end of the year, he was out there throwing people around. Yeah. So, he still got it, even though... Actually, maybe that team right there. He's actually, he's only 32 as well. He's the same age as Robert Quinn. I yeah. thought he was a couple years older. But, uh, like you said, as a rotational piece, I would love to have him here, but... I kind of also hope that maybe he goes somewhere and wins a Super Bowl just because I always really enjoyed watching him play. And you don't like to see really great players and their careers on bad teams. Right, right. Okay, um, so we'll go ahead and move on to linebacker. Key returners, the baddest-ass linebacker in the league, Roquan Smith. Notable additions, Nicholas Morrow, Matt Adams, and Joe Thomas. Also on the roster, Noah Dawkins, Caleb Johnson, Jack Sanborn, Christian Albright, and C.J. Avery. Major departures, Danny Trevathan, Alec Ogletree, Christian Jones, and Joel Igabunwe. Iggy is gone. Where did he go? Did he go to, was he one of the ten players that went to the Falcons? <laughs> maybe he did. I was thinking that he went to Las Vegas, but oh, maybe. maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, so that linebacker core there, obviously Roquan Smith is an all-pro, or yeah. he should be, even though for some reason he can't even get to the Pro Bowl. Think he gets signed before, uh, before the season? I don't know. I haven't heard any talk about that, and... He doesn't have an agent, as far as I know. He does not have an agent. So, 
I mean, that certainly doesn't feel like a situation for getting a contract extension sorted out, especially one of the magnitude that's going to be coming his way. But I would hope the Bears are talking to him. Yeah. It is a no-brainer that he should get a large extension from the Bears and be the linebacker here for years to come because just like we were talking about with three technique, he plays one of the most critical positions on this defense, which is projected to be, you know, that weak side linebacker role, which is what Lance Briggs played all those years. He could maybe play middle too, but either way, he's a dynamic player that should absolutely stay here. Um, But I, I don't know if it'll be done before the season starts. That certainly hasn't been anything that I've heard any rumors around. Well, I, I haven't either, um, other than what you've just said. There is no rumors, right? There is no buzz. There is no talk. The way I see it as a fan is I hope that they do get it done before uh, the season starts. I think it's appropriate. I think it's poignant. I think it it is an excellent way to say to a player, you are a key piece. We need you to not only do what you're doing, but we want you to take it up even another level. Uh, we believe in you, and we want to show you that monetarily. And the Bears have a history of getting extensions like that done right before the season starts. I know Eddie Jackson was one of the more recent ones where they did that. I know Cody Whitehair. There's been a couple others. It was a big Ryan Pace thing. But like you said, it, it is just... Except with Allen Robinson. Well, yeah. But <laughs> it, it's it, it makes sense that when you start getting closer to the season, everybody's there and everybody's getting ready for another uh, another 17-game season. And it makes sense the contracts get done around that time. And I hope this is another one where that ends up happening the other thing is they always could use the fifth year option because when you're a first round pick teams have the option to extend your rookie deal an additional year and he was a first round pick so going into his fourth year the bears could theoretically exercise that fifth year option and keep him for another year now that gets expensive actually they already did. did. Did they? Yeah, because you have to do the fifth year option before the third year. Wait, is this his fifth year? No, this is his... No, yeah, this is his this fifth is year. This is his fifth okay, year. Okay, well, yeah. never mind. Forget everything I said. <laughs> um, the the downside of that is it typically pisses the player off because players want to get a long-term contract extension done and they don't like playing under a one-year We know deal. what we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> what are you, you going to do? But um, it, it, it ends up... And maybe that is a source of friction then because... Players don't like playing under the fifth-year option because they want that long-term deal, but we haven't really heard anything about it, and I haven't heard anything from any of the beat reporters. Roquan Smith hasn't said anything. The coaching staff and Ryan Poles haven't said anything of substance on this topic, so I guess we'll wait and see on it. Yeah, like I said, I just I hope that we do get it done for him. Um uh, you know, he, he certainly is deserving, and he's such a key piece. Uh, the um, Nicholas Morrow, we've talked a little bit about him. We both like that signing. Yeah, I know that a lot of NFL commentators think highly of him. I honestly hadn't heard of him before the Bears signed him, and part of it was he didn't play at all last year, or Did hardly at all last year, all last because year. he, yeah. I think, broke his ankle. So... His most recent experience was two years ago. And from what I've heard, nice player. Was going to be a starter for the Raiders last year before he broke his ankle. Was actually apparently one week away from being a starting linebacker for them in the playoffs. So if the Raiders had beaten the Bengals the next week, he was going to return and be starting for them. So that seems like a nice pickup. And is he another one that got a one-year deal, or did he get two? I think I think he only got... I think he might have got a two-year deal. Maybe, but for all intents and purposes, most contracts in the NFL are one year. So yeah. he's going to be the starter week one, or at least he's penciled in as that right now. Uh, we typically think of three linebackers on the field at one time, but in today's NFL, a lot of times it's only two because you need an extra defensive back out there. 
So Smith and Morrow project to be those two at the moment, and we'll see if that ends up being the case once the season starts. But the guys you listed off behind those two certainly didn't sound very inspiring. Well, um, uh, this uh, this note, um, Matt Adams, he's the linebacker that um, uh, played for four seasons uh, under Eberflus uh, okay, uh, with, the the, with the Colts. Yeah, and I remember looking at his numbers, and he's very solid. Okay, um, he he was a that was a that was a good pickup. Um, I don't I don't know whether he'll uh, you know what what position they have planned for him, but uh, he's he's a solid, experienced linebacker. So you know, anytime you find a player that consistently makes numbers, that's usually a good addition. So and they got the Wisconsin kid, Sanborn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that actually could have that could be a, a decent pick. He, I mean, he was an uh, undrafted free yeah. agent, and I don't know that much about him. He might not make the team, but I've heard of him at least. So yeah. that's a player to watch in training camp. Maybe he gets on uh, in a special teams role. Okay, so on to cornerbacks secondary. Uh, there's 12 right now. Key returners, Jalen Johnson, Kendall Vildor, first of his name, Duke Shelley, and Thomas Graham Jr. Uh, notable additions, Kyler Gordon, Taven Young, and Greg Stroman. Also on the roster, Michael Joseph, Bo Pete Keys. Bo Pete? <laughs> Lamar Jackson, Allie Green the fourth. Jalen Jones, uh, and then uh, major departures. Oh, oh, this is a great list. This is going to be bad. Hardy Burns, <laughs> Xavier Crawford, and Marquis Christian. Oh, man. We're, I know we're going to really miss all of those guys. <laughs> uh, just about as much as you miss an extra hole in your head. So, uh, I, you know, I, I got to say, um, I, this is probably... This, in my opinion, is the unit that has improved the most, at least based on paper. Uh, when you know, with the additions of uh, Kyler Gordon and um, and uh, Brisket, um, Trayvon Young, Trayvon Young, and um, uh, you know, Brisker, Brisker. and uh, uh, walking a uh, walking Brisker. Um, what the hell am I saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, Br- Brisker's, Brisker's the safety, right? Yeah, he's so, the safety. Yeah, so, I mean, do, do you want to just read off the safeties, too? We can yeah. just talk about the secondary. Yeah, right so, you know, the safeties right now are seven. Uh, Eddie Jackson, DeAndre Houston Carson are your returners. Notable additions. Jaquan Brisker. I finally learned how to talk there. Uh, Dane Crookshank. <laughs> I love that guy. Titans guy. <laughs> Uh, and Elijah Hicks, uh, also on the roster, John Alexander, A.J. Thomas, and notable departures, Tayshawn Gibson, Dion Bush, and Tease Tabor. All right. Tease. Well, so I was thinking about this when I was preparing for this podcast, and for all the time that we spent complaining about the secondary last year, with good reason, because yeah. it was awful, Yeah, it might be the best unit on the team this year Yeah, if... Gordon and Brisker are day one starters that make the impact that a lot of observers think that they can. Right. Because then you've got Jalen Johnson, you've got Kyler Gordon, you've got Eddie Jackson, and you've got Brisker. And then you've also got Tavon Young, who's at least a veteran nickelback. So yep. on its surface, that's pretty good. And, well, and Vildor and Shelley and Graham all do have game experience um we have seen good ball out of vildor we have seen good ball out of graham um so having them i think graham still has another level to show us i really believe that um and i think that this coaching staff is perfect to develop him and elevate him so uh it's as you were saying uh on, on paper it's definitely the most improved unit uh hands down and it looks like it could be a real strength and like you said this coaching staff has been known to develop defensive backs one of yes. the best nickel corners in the nfl plays for the colts played under Eberflus. his name's kenny moore and yep. he was an undrafted free agent and like i said he's thought of now as one of the top slot corners in the nfl so 
This is a staff that has shown an ability to maximize players in the defensive backfield. I know you've made the joke a couple of times. They made Xavier Rhodes look good. <laughs> so I think that it's a position where the Bears obviously invested heavily through the draft. They signed some free agents. They have some players that, like you said, have been here and have game experience. And they've got a large quantity of players, especially at the cornerback position. So yeah. I, I think you'll see some pretty good play out of the defensive backfield this year as a whole. The biggest question mark to me is Eddie Jackson because right. that's a all-pro talent that has underperformed over the past three seasons. Mm-hmm. And I am interested to see if he returns to form this year because... Number one, I mean, he's been playing with a lot of other bad players in the secondary, so yeah. you wonder how that's affected him, if maybe he can't necessarily take the same risks that he was able to take his first few years in the league. Number two, we've obviously seen some mental mistakes, some terrible tackling from him, but kind of a, a clean slate for him, right? And this year, if he doesn't produce, he's going to be looking for a new job. I right. think he's not going to get a chance beyond this year, I don't think, with this coaching staff. I I firmly believe that Jackson bounces back this year. I do, too. I really do. I, I think that uh, the coaching staff going to him right from the get-go and saying, look, what happened is what happened. It's in the past. We don't care. This is a clean slate, but... we do know that we expect you to perform at the level that is deserved of the being, you know, one of the highest paid players on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, on top of that, um, you and I both have talked about uh, Brisker being a great compliment for him. And perhaps, you know, the theory is that it will allow him to bring some of that ball hawk skills that he had shown early in his career back. Uh, we, if if that does happen though, I, I think that this that this secondary is going to shock some teams. I really do. I do too. And uh, the the big the big caveat is if the defensive line is bad, then the secondary is not going to be any good either. And that and that very well could happen. I mean, just when you know, just reviewing it right now, right here on the spot, it does look like that. That's you know a a. a a solid possibility, you know, but, um, you, we, we hired a new coach that in his first year at his last job took the defense from 31 to 10 in one, in one year. So I think we, I think we overall see a, a defense that is certainly better than last year's. Um, but I think that if this this secondary can be focused, uh, it could really it could surprise some teams. I, I think so. I've seen some of the advanced metrics uh, uh, that have come out recently that are projecting the Bears to be one of the two or three worst defenses in the league, and I understand that on yeah. paper it doesn't look great. But with this coaching staff and with some of the potential bounce backs that you could get from players like Jackson and some others. And with some of the young energy through the draft, I mean, I don't think they're going to be top 10, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're middle of the pack. Yeah, and I wouldn't either. That's not anything to be excited about by any means, but I, I, I don't see them as a bottom five defense. I, I, I don't see him. I don't either. And you know, obviously, if everybody gets injured, then, yeah, they're probably going to be down uh, there. Uh, but Injuries aside, I mean, injuries, you know, are the the great uh, equalizer. Because, it, you know, any team that loses a whole bunch of guys to injury, they're not going to win. Right, exactly. So, I, I don't think the defense, like you said, will be worse than last year. I, I mean, they've added players. I know we technically don't have Mac anymore, but he only played six games last year so yeah. I don't think it wasn't it wasn't a big factor other than right at the beginning of the season right so we'll see I and I, I, I haven't ruled out the fact that I, I think they'll add a couple of players too so maybe they'll have a couple more serviceable veterans at linebacker and on the line 
by the time we actually get to the season, but it it doesn't sound great, but I don't think it sounds that terrible either. Well, and the biggest, um, the biggest change is the secondary because I mean, last year it was pretty easy to see that it was going to be terrible and <laughs> it, it was every bit as terrible as we thought it was going to be. Yep. Um, Actually, it might have been worse. <laughs> I, I certainly don't get that picture right now. Um, I think that uh, Poles made good choices with those first two picks. Uh, I like Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they were uh, the best picks available at that spot. I know we both wanted a receiver in one of those in one of those spots, but I feel like both of these guys are not just impact players right now, but they could be long-time impact players with the Bears. I hope so. That's the goal. So, yeah. Okay, so uh, that just leaves the specialists. Um, you know, uh, Cairo Santos, he's in oh, his yeah. spot. You know? <laughs> I forgot about him. We, we like Cairo Santos, and he did a good job. I, I think he'd still have the streak going if idiot man wouldn't have had him try and kick a 64 yard field goal it's like the most ironic part of the matt Nagy experience was after everything with cody parkey they got a really good kicker and then everything else went to hell yeah <laughs> um you know uh was, uh patrick scales is back you know he's uh he, he's a plug-in we know what we get with him uh herbert is back and and daz newsom as punt returners Obviously, um, our noticeable uh, our notable addition uh, number one, of course, Valus Jones. Right, uh, we know that he's an instantaneous upgrade at both of those positions. Um, and Tristan Ebner is also an upgrade at, at kick returner. Uh, uh, we got Trenton Gill as our new punter. They did cut um, Ryan Winslow, and oh, no. uh, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, they, uh, they got a couple other, it was, it was a bummer losing Pat O'Donnell, uh, especially of course he has to go to play for the green buttheads. Uh, but, um, you know, he was a long time bear. He did a lot of good things for the team when he was with the team. I wish that guy well. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, it, 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 again, we know that the team is not going to be very good. Um, I I do like them to be the over on a six and a half game uh, model or six and a half game uh, prediction. I like the over. I like seven. <laughs> yeah, should we? But that's over. Let's save that for next week. I want to get into that a little bit more. So okay, and uh, so our, our last um, our last bit uh, that I, I was talking with Jim about before we started the podcast today was I want to say big kudos and and congratulations to Colin Kaepernick for finally getting uh, a chance with an NFL team. It's long overdue. Uh, I do I do see a major problem with uh, how he has been treated. And the fact that it took so long for a team to bring him in. And he hasn't even got a job yet. Uh, but I, I think it's something that the Bears should have done a long time ago. Um, when you see Mike Glennon still out there playing and Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job, that really, it disgusts me. Uh, I, Glennon is as awful a player as there is out there. How that guy still has a job is, does he have naked pictures of the of the commissioner or I mean, just, what? Just look at the backup quarterbacks that go around. The, I mean, look at the Bears over the last few years. Yeah. I mean, when you think about Chase Daniel and Nick Foles. And, and Andy Dalton. Tyler Bray. <laughs> I mean, Nathan Peterman's on the Bears right now. Yes. I, uh, it, it, it just... And and the list goes on. And and the Bears are not even an outlier. And like just backup quarterbacks in the NFL are horrible. Josh Frome was so terrible for the Giants. Jake Frome. Jake Frome. He that he 
that he got sat down for Mike Glennon. Yeah. How awful do you have to be? I mean, the Saints have Mike Glennon and Andy Dalton. Right now. <laughs> so, I mean, all you have to do is... I mean, there there's terrible starting quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Did anybody watch the Panthers last year? Yeah. With Cam Newton and uh, Darnold? Yeah. So... Oh, Darnold's looking pretty good in week one. Yep, that was the only week. Yeah, so it, it it's so beyond obvious that the NFL blackballed Colin Kaepernick. I think they paid him a lot of money because they got sued for that. And so the fact that it's taken him this long to get even an opportunity is really disgraceful. But Also, kudos to Jim Harbaugh for giving him... For letting him come on uh, um, during the the spring game at at Michigan um, and, you know, throw the ball around for for the camera. Uh, That was very cool of him to do that. Yeah, and Roger Goodell, two years ago, came out with the statement that the NFL was wrong for blackballing him, and then nobody signed him again. Yeah, it is total BS. Um, how he was treated was is is completely uh, wrong in every facet. And you know, as we were saying, when you look at some of the players that are still playing, it, it's inexcusable. It is. So we'll see. I hope he does well in his tryout because the fact is now he hasn't played NFL football in five years. Five, five years, yeah. So we don't know if he's still able to play at the level that he was from everything that has been reported it sounds like he's in shape so we'll see if that time off you know it's hard to come back to a sport after not playing it for five years absolutely i i hope he does well sport yeah i hope he does well i hope the raiders sign him and it would be a very nice story to see him back on the NFL sidelines. I, I think he fits perfectly with the Bears, honestly, because he plays a game that... It should have happened three years ago. Well, and just, it it should have happened three years just, ago. It makes sense when your starting quarterback and your backup quarterback can run the same style of offense, yeah. right? So Colin Kaepernick is not as athletic as Justin Fields, but he is mobile and I think could run a lot of the same plays. So I think it would make perfect sense for the bears just from a football perspective. We'll just put the, the, however, I, I, I gotta but, say, I gotta say polls. I didn't make a terrible choice with Simeon. Um, you know, cause he's a, uh, cause he is a hometown boy. He, he does have, uh, a, a fair amount of starting experience. He's he, bad though, too. <laughs> he, he's, I, I think he's mediocre. Yeah, I mean, here's the you, you don't want to see him play. <laughs> he's a fine backup quarterback. He right. can probably get you out of a game, but if he's starting for an extended period of time, something went wrong. We're doomed. Yeah, uh, but um, so the, that's uh, that's about all we have for this week. Uh, we appreciate you guys. As Jim was saying, uh, please go to the go to our Twitter page and uh, leave us some comments so we can talk about them uh, on the show. Yeah, absolutely. With not much going on with the Bears right now, we'd love to uh, get your Twitter questions, get your reactions to anything that we've said, and we're happy to address them on the show because we've got a few more weeks of dead time, I think, before... We really start getting into... Not very uh, far, though. No, it'll be here before we know it. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, uh, that's us. Uh, I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And uh, Bear Down. Bear Down.